Hello, friends. Jim Nance. Oh, my goodness. He just went up 50 notches there, I think. Struck it nicely. Oh, Canada! Mike Weir has won the Masters. Waited all day long for that one. The green jacket is going north of the border. Celebration now. They've saved it for the perfect stage. Wow, that was large. Still is. Welcome inside episode 18 of the Pelt Pod. Today we recap the exciting finish at the Wyndham Championship and tee up the PGA Tour playoffs that are now upon us. It's the home stretch of the golf season and it's episode 18. Welcome back inside the Pelt Pod. This is season two, episode eight. Ben Whiteside, Jacob Bishop, Jamie Wilson, all together again on an August Sunday evening, coming off another, we've, you know, said this a handful of times, another very exciting finish on the PGA Tour, the road to the playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Is narrowing in, and Kevin Kisner, fresh off a couple hours ago, wins a multiple man playoff and the playoffs is just upon us how we doing jacob let's start with you you guys are together jacob you got some holiday time coming up like this is this is a good point of the summer for you this is prime time baby this is gonna play a little golf this week gonna stay home get a couple things checked off the honeydew list but uh yeah wilson's beside me he's uh, he's at the fire as you can see um, so now he's beside me on the couch here, hanging out in the basement. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're gonna play some golf tomorrow. We've got, uh, 18 holes lined up at Indian Hills out to Lampton Shores here. And we might have, uh, the first of, of many pelt pod matches. So there'll be a little video on that probably, uh, Instagram tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, things are good. Things are Beautiful. good. How's things over in, in Byron, Ontario with you? Very good. Uh, settling back into life at home. Uh, no travel uh, this past week and just uh, back to work and hopefully going to play a couple of times, but not as much as you guys. You guys got uh, you guys definitely have the best week golf wise coming up. So all good on this end. And uh, Jamie, you're on the road um, supporting fellow Pelpod member and you've got the sticks with you. Sticks are in the trunk. Um, hoping Bishop will uh, maybe give me a shot aside. Still got to kind of bargain a little bit. The guy apparently made seven birdies today, so. I think that only the golf course right. was like 5,300 yards. Can you, can you let me get my points out here? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to bargain for a shot or two. Um, got out a couple times again. Uh, seems to be my standard. I think I'm like echoing on your mic. Can you hear that? No. Okay. I can. Can you? Yep. A little bit. Do you think that's going to, yeah, that's going to sound terrible, yeah, isn't it? Bad. I don't know why. It wasn't. You're like just that. talking loud. Like, I'm talking into the mic, but like, pretty, like this. Just try to bring it down. Well, dude, I listened to the last episode and I was, I thought I had to get my enthusiasm up a little bit. So I was trying to come out, come out fire in here. But yeah, you can't, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think we're better now. Um, yeah, but yeah, good. man, doing well. I'm um, looking forward to this episode. Uh, did you happen to catch any of the, the Wyndham Championship? 
I was keeping track of it, uh, obviously, and we will get into this uh, in a little while with damned if you damn with damned if you do, damned if you don't. But uh, the weather was uh, it was a bad day for a golf fan. The weather rolled in and it messed up the broadcast schedule. So uh, I know that uh, the tee times were pushed up way early. Uh, leaders were almost going off at 9 a.m. this morning local time. So this tournament wrapped up uh, early afternoon. So by the time the coverage rolled around the afternoon, uh, it was already all said and done. So I kept a little bit of an eye on it uh, on social media. Um I was doing uh, some baseball games earlier today, uh, watching those. So I was keeping up with it on social. And once I saw the all the drama unfold, I didn't really watch the broadcast. So I kept an eye on it this morning, was monitoring it. Disappointed I didn't get to see any live uh, drama. But uh, I, I kind of monitored to answer your question. Didn't really sit down and get to watch, which is something I was looking forward to this weekend. But so be it. Jacob, how about you? Just catch it on the. We just caught on the phone a little bit this morning. <clears throat> it was a little busy, but uh, what an exciting finish! So, I mean, we, I feel like I've I've said this so many weeks in a row. Uh, six six way playoff. How many? How much free golf are we going to get on the PGA Tour? I mean, what an exciting finish again to end the season uh, before leading to the FedEx Cup playoffs. Here, obviously, we saw a ton of shuffling. This is just one of those weeks on the on the PGA Tour that you just want to kind of you, you want to follow along with because there's people sliding into the 125 there's people sliding into you know not uh playing to the fedex cup because they fall out of the, the race and, and people who are going to have really good dinners tonight and and some may have a little bit more you know sauerkraut tonight but uh but uh definitely saw some shuffle going around and uh in the fedex cup playoffs so james thoughts on thoughts on some of the shuffling you saw at the end of the day well biggest shuffle that uh, i was keeping my eyes on was my guy, my pick this week, Roger Sloan, uh, 131 on the FedEx starting the week. And I think he's he's into the top 100, I think, at 92 now. So obviously he had a, a great finish. But yeah, as you mentioned there, we had uh, Kevin Kisner uh, take home that playoff, six-man playoff over Adam Scott, Siwoo Kim, Roger Sloan, Brandon Grace, and Kevin Na. Did you guys see the first playoff hole? Adam Scott misses that four-footer for the win. I've seen myself hit that putt so many times this summer <laughs> that I tried to. I saw it, and I almost froze. I saw it on my phone, actually, and I just went, <gasps> and I had to get it out of my sight immediately. At least you you're not what? using a broomstick, though. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not far off. You know, it looked awfully familiar, Ben. I don't know if you caught this, but your boys from the BTB Behind the Bench podcast were just in a playing a match with Tyler Bertuzzi and uh, Marcus Fellino up at the Idle Wild. Yeah, and uh, I kind of I had to you know tune in live to this, and Chimino misses a like a four footer for for par on uh, or bogey I think it was on on seventeen to win the match. And then he's got a putt from about inside two, two and a half, which no, maybe we'll give him a, a little bit more, like three feet, inside three feet and hard lip outs again for the win. But I think that they got it done in the playoff. And, and that's kind of what Adam Scott, uh, uh, well, he didn't remind me of that, but uh, but Chimino reminded me of that Adam Scott lip out from, from earlier today. So I just got to give those boys a shout out. Did he catch any of that? I, I watched a little bit of it. I'm going to have to finish the highlights from how they, uh, the short putts being missed, but those are, those are mental health putts that we talk about. They can make or break your summer. They can make or break how you feel. Uh, they hold a lot of weight. And uh, the problem is, is when you miss them, 
the skeletons start to develop in your closet and it gets harder and harder to clean them out as these uh, yips grow. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm sure I think it was, with it. I think it was a more for a content piece. I think uh, Tamino definitely just tried to miss that short, short one on 18 to force a playoff with Bertuzzi and Felino. Like that's just good PR. You know, I think, I think show business move. He's, he's yeah. a pro, you know, they could be that sophisticated that, you know, they're willing to throw it for the show business element, you know, smart, it's, very it's show business, show business. business. What do you do? Show business. Yeah. Well, we'll see how your guys match goes tomorrow. We'll see how the shots get uh, played out and we'll see if there's any uh, shots. See, see, no well, chance. They, there was mention of shots. So, you know, we'll see what uh, you guys post tomorrow morning. Uh, once these things uh, balls get pegged and pegged and the only shots he's getting are 40 Creek. So, all right. All right, boys, let's get back to the Wyndham championship here. Uh, we got a little off topic there, but what were your main takeaways from the, the playoff there? Well, Kevin Kisner, I mean, nice big win from kids. It was actually funny. I, uh, I was trolling Twitter yesterday and I think it was Riggs from Barstool said he's going to cheer for uh, team Europe at the, uh, the Ryder cup. If Kisner's not picked to be on that, uh, that Ryder cup team, which I think is just hilarious. And then kids goes out and wins the Wyndham. So, I mean, he's in the talk that the talk for, you know, playing in, in the Ryder cup, I think he's sitting maybe 23rd or 18th on that list. So I can't remember. Uh, which number it is but both of those stick out in my my brain but uh, obviously Ryder Cup's coming up uh, coming up soon and you know a win just propels you to the conversation it definitely helps his cause he's not the longest hitter obviously he's uh, he's had some remarkable comments over the years saying that you know they pay they pay nice big checks for finishing in T20 and there's some events he can't win just because of golf course length and um, so that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, no, great, great for kids. I think we, it was nice to see, see Wu Kim back in that playoff too, and playing well after, uh, recording the highest, uh, highest score, tying the highest score in a par three the week before, uh, making a 13 on the par three. So yeah, nice, nice to see some of those guys. And I mean, we'd be pretty, pretty remiss to, to not mention uh, our Canadian boy who you happen to pick for, uh, for Pelt pod picks, uh, Roger Sloan. Yeah. Really impressive from him, obviously, because. He was, he was do or die, right? He was on the outside looking in to start the week. And after the first round, I think he was, he was over par. And then he comes back with back-to-back 64s and he's right in the mix. So it just goes to show you never give up, um, put your head down and just battle through the tough rounds. But yeah, that's cool stuff from him. You mentioned uh, Siwoo Kim there recording the highest uh, par three score. Well, funny you say that because Kevin Na was also in that playoff and he he's recorded the highest par four score in uh, tour history. So pretty funny that those two uh, ended up in the in the playoff as well. They, they go from a PJ last Sunday night together to the playoff this Sunday night. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty crazy what a, a week's difference does in, uh, in professional golf. The life of the PJ tour. Yeah, I uh, I think the biggest takeaway, obviously, we just mentioned it was uh, just the the putt from Adam Scott. That was tough to see, and and honestly, that uh, I've I have seen me hit that putt so many times. So that was my takeaway. Kevin Kisner almost chipped in there to win it as well. Um, so I thought it was exciting just to get that many people in one playoff is uh, is a blast. So 
Uh, my takeaway was the Adam Scott short miss, and then just the sheer amount of people in one playoff was uh, amazing. So, again, the only thing that would have made it better was uh, if it was on primetime and the weather didn't mess the day up. But um, I thought it was exciting, and it gives some momentum going into the playoffs, some excitement. One other thing that I uh, I thought was pretty good, too, was in the in the playoff, they I'm happy they actually teed off all six of them and didn't go in, like, two different groups. Because in the Olympics, they did the when they had the seven man playoff for bronze, they sent four guys off and then they sent three guys off in the next group. And I kind of like disagreed with that decision because if you're in the second group, to me, that's a huge advantage. Basically, you can hear the crowd reaction, you know what you have to do, and you can basically play the hole differently because you already know what happened. So it's, uh, I'm glad they teed off as six is what i'll say yeah if you tee off in that second group it just changes everything right you know what they're doing ahead of you and it's i mean it's not really fair to, in my mind if there's somebody who's gotten an advantage in that second group you're right i didn't even think of that so yeah de- totally. definitely i mean it looks like the the pga tour is getting it right for once here uh, not for once i'm giving them a bad rap but uh that you know that's a that's a nice uh, bounce back after not marking the golf course on a, an alternate event for the week but it's an opposite field dude it's an opposite field event. Sorry, I'll get my lang. I'll get. I'll get my. La- I'll get my. Get your lingo right. right. I'll get my lingo right. Obviously, big week again. We've talked about it. Uh, qualifying for the FedEx Cup and and moving into 125 and the importance of that. Um, so d- just want to kind of roll through some of the notables here. Who who who's out and who's in? It's always the big talk and and out two big names right off the top at 134. It's a guy that you know. We, there's been a couple pelt pod picks this year uh, of this name. Ricky Fowler, a man who has, you know, sponsors exemption earlier on the year in the PGA championship. Um, but a guy that finds his way out of the top 125 and unable to, uh, to play the FedEx cup playoffs. Uh, and then the guy right on the cut line guy who's projected to move inside the prep, uh, the cut line this week and doesn't number 126, Justin Rose. So boys, what are your thoughts on those, you know, two household names like Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose, not finding their way into the, the top 125. I mean, it's an interesting point for sure. I can't say I'm overly surprised because I don't think either of them has really played up to their past selves as of late or even the last couple of years for that matter. But it is definitely interesting because, I mean, you get guys who who everyone knows, right? Like like you said, household name. Um, but Justin Rose, he's a guy who's won, he, he won the FedEx Cup not that long ago. Right. It's just going from a guy who's won the FedEx Cup to being 126. I just think that's a that's probably the most surprising out of those two names. But I think it just goes to show you that. I mean, I know this was an extended season because of COVID. So it was basically twice the amount of events or not quite. But in any given season, if you don't play well, then you're not going to make the playoffs. And I even saw on Justin Rose, like he only played. 17 events where like a bunch of other guys who made the playoffs are upwards of 30. So he's not really doing himself any favors in that aspect either, but he's going to get into any tournament he wants. Like that's the reality of it. Um, whether it's through sponsor exemptions, career money earnings, you name it, he's, he's going to play still. So I think almost to him, it's, I don't know. It, it doesn't matter as much not to sound like 
No, I, I would agree with you. Uh, I was just going to say on the Justin Rose front, I mean, even uh, I did hear Jim Nance say even today, the guy had his chances. And to your point, Jamie, just uh, didn't capitalize, you know, and so there's just these all these storylines all the time, you know, and it's so competitive out there of these big names. We're not used to hearing them struggle or maybe even seeing like a Rose, you know, miss out now. But uh, even uh, another name you just mentioned, Jacob, Ricky Fowler, like he's had a season from hell almost, and now he's trending backwards. So um, I think there's always going to be people that surprise us and uh, miss out or go through a rough stretch. Justin Rose will be back, but yeah, I don't think he's, he's just flat. And I think that's, and uh, it was evident today. So that was really my only takeaway on that front as well. Yeah. And, and, just kind of rolling off, uh, you know, a word there that uh, that Jamie said it's, it's not as important to Justin Rose, but it's you know it just swapping one twenty six into one twenty five. The importance of what number one twenty five means to Chesson Hadley, the guy who slides into one twenty five. What that means for kind of the the road he's had the last few years with his struggles on the tour and and keeping status. And I know it's been a roller coaster for, for Chesson, but what a way to slide into number 125 and play the Wyndham championship on Sunday, shoot 62, eight under par and get a hole in one during that round to propel you to inside the 125. And not to mention Chesson Hadley's 34 years old, He's a PGA Tour player, and that was his first hole-in-one ever in his life today. That's insane. You would think, like, if you're a good player, obviously a really good player, and you hit how many, like, how many shots, how many par three shots are you hitting more than the average person? Like, you play every single week. You play practice rounds. Like I, I, that actually just like baffles me. Like I, I can't believe he's never had a hole in one. Yeah, I, I mean, let's take in the factor. Obviously, the 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 factors here. He plays way more holes. He's a way better golfer than the standard player. The par threes are definitely more challenging than the average player. I would say is playing just based on the length of them. But you're 100 right. How does a guy who's a professional golfer, you know, go? Let's just call it. He started golf, you know, but just got 25 years of golf, not getting a hole in one. So that's well, even like in a practice round or with his buddies, like he's probably not always playing the most difficult course. Are you no. saying first hole in one, like ever, like ever, anything? ever. That's what he said today when he was getting uh, interviewed by Amanda Balianus. Uh, that was his first hole in one ever. He said, yeah, it probably sounds surprising to you. And a hundred percent we're surprised right now. First hole in one ever. Couldn't have come at a better time for Chesson. The other point, I mean, that you made there was shoot 62 and ends up on number 125 on the dot. I imagine him going into that round probably thought he had no chance of, of making the top 125. But I also imagine that kind of just let him go out there and freewheel it and just go for everything and kind of a nothing to lose mentality. So that's actually really impressive. But I imagine that's what he was thinking at the start of the day. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The nothing to lose mentality. But we also did learn kind of top uh, you know, guys in the Corn Ferry Tour, like Stewie McDonald, and who's chasing the PGA Tour dream. We kind of said that last week that, you know, you probably go on a, you know, you miss the, sorry, you make the cut, your high number that you just kind of go after it for birdies on Sunday. That might not necessarily, obviously he's got to go try to do something today, but he's also got to stick to the process, right? I think it, whenever yeah, I think it's board, different in this, in this situation. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right because it's not like the 
he's got. He's not playing for the next event. It's literally this event. If he doesn't get through, then he's done. Tammy, you convinced me. I agree with you. I do agree with you. There's, it's not about the next event. What it's going to do for you down the road. It's now or not never. So yeah, yeah. He probably did just go out there and try to make a bunch aiming at pins. Maybe that that's you know viewer and fan watching on TV. They don't understand that PGA tours don't always aim at flags. Most most uh, amateur golfers aim at flags because if it misses one way or the other, it's probably a little bit less than if they aim right of the green and and miss it right of the green and trying to play draws and trying to hit the spot. So yeah, I, I you know maybe that contributes a little bit to his ace. You know, aiming at flag sticks. How about the celebration though? That was the best part. The leg, the jump up in the air, leg kick, twirl, high five a fan. That was, I thought the celebration was 10 out of 10 as well for his hole in one. I think that's just so much for golf. I mean, it just shows that these guys love to be out there. You know, they love, they love golf. And that's the, I mean, you see some hole in ones out there and it's just a high five, but obviously there's a little bit more meaning behind this one and, and uh, more kind of more on the line, I would say. But uh, but just awesome when you get that kind of raw motion that just comes out and gets a little bit of a you know a Tony Foot fee now at the Masters hole in one running up running up the tee box kind of moment. I love yep. it. That's right. I don't know, boys. I kind of I kind of disagree with you. It's it's one of those moments like just act like you've been there before. And but he, he hasn't. <laughs> yeah, but he's still a tour player. <laughs> like it's. I don't know. Like if I got a hole in one, like I'd be pretty excited, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a personality thing, but I don't know. It was a little much for me and I don't, I don't want to be like a negative, negative person in this, this scenario here, but I don't know. It was, it was a little much for me. But he got 1 million Wyndham rewards points for birdies for backpacks. How can you not celebrate at that point? You know, I don't even know what that means, but sure. If that's what he was excited about, then I'll give him all the credit in the world. No, it was uh, it was a lot. I think Jimmy Walker would agree with you. Jimmy Walker was playing with him and kind of went back for the high five and then saw the double kick leg twirl spinorama, whatever. And was just like, oh, my word, this is getting out of control. So here's a question for you guys. If your playing partner gets a hole in one, do you feel obligated to to like go back and give a high five or like what's your what's the protocol? I personally would tackle them. Um and probably roll around on the ground with them in uh <laughs> no I'm being serious. Give me an honest answer. That's here. my honest answer. I actually just Wallace. played with the guy who I who aced last weekend and I jumped into his arms. So I did it was, it was the first 90 minutes of knowing him. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Hay uh-huh. at Galt Country Club. Great hole in one. That was a number eight at the LHC London Hunt Club. Yep. There was some ace talk on the tee, and he stepped up and jars it. Lands it an inch from the hole, bounces forward, spins back and in. Congratulations. That's that's a nice ace to have in the book. Beautiful hole. And but yeah, I would kind of Jamie to your question, I would kind of act react like Ben too. If, if a guy in my group is making an ace, I can think standard protocol is let's let's go, boys. This is unreal. You know, there's gonna be I mean the real question is, am I gonna ask to ask for a drink? Yeah, I'm probably gonna say, Hey, you always let's get the celebration started. Okay, but I think it's drinks. it's one thing if it's like around with your buddies. And another, if it's in like a competitive round with your buddies, obviously like you're going to be way more hyped up. Right. Or like ask for a drink or whatnot. But if you're like in a tournament for the sake of argument, you're on the PGA tour. Rory Sabatini is your playing partner. Gets a hole in one. What are you doing? I just 
I wouldn't give him a hug. If, if now we're talking, you know, who are the players? I'm a big Rory Sabatini fan. Well, I think that's something part that has to be factored in. I'm going to go back and, and, and probably walk back, give the I hate you high five and turn around and walk away. But you kind of have to acknowledge it happened. And I, yeah, that's probably what I would do. All right, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. But, you know, on on from Cheston Hadley, I uh, just want to say another notable in the top 120. He's got some work to do. Uh, Matt Kuchar um, definitely has some work to get inside the top 70. And and while we're at it, and you know, a little bit of a different different event this year. I, I know, Jamie, you want to take take over and talk about Corn Ferry Tour Finals because that's a big week this uh, this year as well, partnered the, kind of at the same time as the PGA Tour playoffs. But uh this uh, this year, we're seeing a one last event in, in, the, in the playoffs here. We're seeing three events opposed to the traditional four, um, which we're going to be seeing a cut from 125 players down to 70 and then cut from there to 30. So the uh, top 125 will be battling it out at the Northern Trust at Liberty National in New Jersey this week. Uh, following that is the BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club golf club in maryland and then the top 30 going to the tour championship a familiar place east lake in atlanta georgia you know what fantastic golf courses for the pga tour to to round out their season at the sprint till the end of the year if you love the pga tour uh i know it's it's tough to maybe really get excited to because the next major is so far away but if you're really a true golf fan this is a great stretch of the year the next four weeks the next three or four weeks um and i'm looking forward to as the golf season slowly winds down hanging on to the excitement that's about to take place on the PGA tour. Cause the big golf fans are really looking forward to seeing how the FedEx uh, turns out. Definitely. Uh, interesting too, with, with only three playoff events compared to the traditional four. So like you said, Ben, an absolute sprint to the finish. Basically, if you're in that, I'll say a hundred to 125 um, on the FedEx points list right now, you basically don't have any other option but to to take it super low this week to try and move into the top 70 whereas in the past you've had a chance to kind of get to the top 100 then get to the top 70 so it's just kind of eliminating one step and the guys higher up on the or I should say further down on the FedEx cup list um, they've they've got to do some work and they've got to do it quickly just as as you were saying before there Bishop the Corn Ferry uh, finals are also happening at the same time um, as the FedEx Cup playoffs. So I kind of like what the the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour have done here to to kind of align those events at the same time. So there's no gaps uh, between different weeks. And uh, the Corn Ferry finals kind of operates a little bit differently. But basically the top 75 from the Corn Ferry regular season, as well as the guys who missed the uh the FedEx Cup playoffs so 126 to 175 they all go to the Corn Ferry Finals where an additional 25 PGA tour cards are available so I mean there's going to be guys who are on the PGA Tour this year trying to fight to regain their their PGA Tour card and then also other guys from the Corn Ferry Tour that they want their their crack at the big tour so it's kind of an interesting dynamic and I love how the golf channel kind of picks it up for, for these few weeks. And it's, it's always fun to watch. 
I think this is a great way to get people kind of more engaged with the corn fairy tour on a regular basis. And what you're going to see is a lot of the, you know, you're going to see some familiar faces on out there this in the next little bit on the corn ferry because of you know, guys like, I mean, I don't know if is Ricky Fowler even playing. I, I, I don't know, but if he's slotted in at one thirty-four, you know, there's a chance he's going to be in corn. Am I wrong to say this, Jamie? I don't know who's playing, but yeah, he, he would fall in it. He might have other exemptions. I don't actually know, but uh, yeah, he would fall into that category. Um, I think that's just so so cool what they're doing right now and just getting the, the two ter- tournaments, you know, sorry, two tours uh, blended together per, per se. Obviously, pays going up that got announced uh, for the for checks for um, uh, for the Corn Ferry Tour and PGA Tour next year. So it just looks like, uh, you know, PGA Tour is just doing a great job at making the tour even even that much better because like we say every week, the players out there are so good and, you know, you're going to start seeing more and more of that kind of, you know, that, that 100 to, to, to 200 um, ranking players, both, you know, getting in, just like we said last week at snakes and ladders, they're going to get in, they're going to drop back down, they're going to get in. And then it's just, you know, seeing which player is going to take it the most uh, advantage of the opportunity and, uh, and, and have a great season, the PGA tour. Yeah, so to answer your question, Ricky Fowler is not in the field in the Corn Ferry Finals next week, but you've got names like Kierdek, Appy Barnrack, Christian Bazedenhout. Like you've got some decent names in there that you would think, you know what, these guys are not traditionally playing Corn Ferry events to try and regain their PGA cards. So, I mean, there are big names in there that, I mean, your boy Bobby Max playing. So he's trying to kind of lock in his his card for next year. I imagine he played a lot on the European tour and that's why he wasn't able to secure a PGA tour card, but he's trying to, you know, take his talents over to the PGA tour from instead of playing on the European tour. I can almost guarantee you he's going to get one of those tour cards. He's just playing too good at golf. I mean, you said that the other day that I got to stop taking him as a sleeper and he might not be considered a sleeper because he's, he's playing. I mean, he's been playing great. He's a familiar name at the top of the leaderboards contending in major championships. So I think if you're going to put any money on one guy in that, uh, in the playoffs in the corn Ferry tour to get the card, I think it, he'd be an easy pick. Do you want me to take someone else and bet you? Episode 18 of the Pelt Pod. This is Damned If You Do, Damned If You Don't, a controversial segment on the Pelt Pod where we take both sides of the spectrum on a topic from the golf world. Jamie, last week's results before we dive into this week's controversial segment were what? Yeah, so last week uh, the question was, should Stableford be on the PGA Tour schedule? And 76% of you said no. And 24 of you said yes. Results kind of shocked me a little bit here. I thought people might like to see Stableford, you know, one once a year, but that's not what the people wanted. Bishop, were you surprised? Oh, of course not. I mean, it's it's just kind of a, a weird event. So I, I wasn't surprised at all. I think a lot of people just like watching, I mean, a standard event. The leaderboard is a little bit easier tracked scores are going down instead of going up i don't know i think it's just a, a hard event to follow as a fan so i wasn't surprised really to be honest i feel like you're kind of contradicting yourself because you said the olympics should spice it up and not do a traditional tournament and now you don't want to see stableford 
yeah by non-traditional i mean like a team format or something not stableford i would never suggest stableford in any way especially like on a boys trip do you hear anybody going oh let's spice up the boys trip let's play stableford <laughs> no i'm not a big stableford fan <laughs> i don't think you're standing on a tee on sunday with your with your guys going let's play stableford tonight i, I just i just don't i'm yeah, not a big last fan. week did you yeah anyways ben get into this week's this week's damned if you do damned if you don't cbs had a tough week they were slotted to air live coverage from 3 till 6 p.m they couldn't because obviously the leaders were going off early because of weather issues and then it resulted in having to go to cbs.com and all the viewers were kind of let down so you had the option to go watch the delayed tape but all the golf fans were kind of disappointed that the fact that, okay, one, where do we find live coverage? And two, half the people, if you're not even in the United States, have trouble getting online to CBS.com and streaming. So let down of a day for the golf fan. What is CBS? What could they have done better? And what can they do in the future so that the golf fan isn't really let down? We're kind of feeling that, yes, they're damned if they do. Uh, move up the time slot, the the three hour prime time, because obviously that's going to mess up the whole network schedule. So I don't even know if that's an option, Jacob. Although, is that the right thing to do? How do we fix this going forward? We had this conversation way back in April talking about the Masters is the best place to watch golf because you can watch everyone hit a shot at all times. So we're still talking about this this late in the year. How does coverage get better? This time it's weather that's letting the golf fan down. Where do we go? Where do you stand? Honestly, I'm on the fence on this one. Obviously, there needs to be a solution for, for this not to happen again. So I, I'm going to sit on the fence this week because I get both sides of the, the damned if they do move it up because they're going to you know cut somebody else's t- TV time slot off. And that just might, might not be an available option to them. So they move it up. They're going to, you know, they've got somebody who's paid for that time slot. And can they afford, you know, it's a business. You know, CBS is a business too. Can they afford to do that? No. So obviously, you know, it's a, a week that we can learn from, from something. But they're also damned if they don't, like you said, the fans, you know, we hadn't, you know, there's nothing to watch live in the morning time. So how do they do that? Is there a secondary channel that they can, can the golf channel pick it up um, for them? Cause obviously you see the golf channel picking up events. I don't know if that's an option either. So there needs to be a solution and whether, and again, I don't really want to sit there and just watch it on my phone and have every shot like at the masters. It's still a great option rather than going to cbs.com, but there's gotta be a solution moving forward that, you know, the fans can watch, especially a week like the Wyndham Championship, where they're shuffling coming in. Who It's exciting to watch who's going to get in, who's going to get out to the FedEx Cup, and you don't just have that option. So I'm going to sit up, I'm going to sit on the fence and kind of let you guys duke it out this this week here. So, uh, you know, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Personally and selfishly, like, I don't like it at all because it's it's so difficult to follow. And then they show the tape delay later on at 3 o'clock, but – in today's world, like everyone's on Twitter, everyone's on, there's so many ways to get your information on what the scores are, who's moving in and out of the top 125. So you already know the results. So showing a 3 three p.m. tape delay to me is, for the most part, for most viewers, I would say is pointless because if you know the results, you're really not going to watch it again. Uh, I also agree with you that there needs to be a solution in place it's not like this is like the only time this has ever happened like it, it happens i would say a handful of times over the course of a season so yeah again having a secondary channel 
that is able to broadcast this, whether it's golf channel or another party um, is to me is very important because again, people missing, missing the results or not being able to see the live coverage is, is, is disappointing really. And uh, yeah, I, I would like to see it kind of sorted out a little bit in the future. Now I get that CBS probably doesn't want to give up their rights to the tournament to the golf channel because I mean, from their perspective, they're a competitor, but ultimately the fans are the ones you need to, to please in this scenario. Benny, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's an, it's a lose lose for everyone because everyone just wants to watch golf and the players want to play golf. So when weather messes it up, it's just sucks for everybody. But in a perfect world, you just, um, you just move the TV coverage up, but Obviously, it's a it's a tell as Jacob said, it's a business. It's uh, it's show business. It's it's network television. You can't just uh, cancel shows in the morning to fit a sport sports program in, and the uh, flick of a flick of the wrist. Uh, so I don't know. I I mean I would love to just see that CBS is covering the event live at nine a.m. when the leaders are going out on their network rather than just streaming it online but I get that there's, that's a logistical nightmare. So I would say just move the TV coverage up, but I get that that's not possible. This may be a dumb question, but is there like a CBS sports like channel specific that's like on maybe regular cable or no? Uh, I think there is a CBS sports network, but I, so why can't they shift the, the live golf coverage over to over there instead of listening to a couple guys, probably Probably, I don't know, but maybe talking about like baseball or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a great, that actually is a great question. And I'm surprised. Now they've pissed off the people who like baseball. (laughs) Okay, well, this is, that's (laughs) a valid point. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think like that's where they need to have, I'm sure they do or what, I don't actually, I don't know. But that's where like TS having TSN having like five channels. Yeah. That's where you need to like put something different on every channel. Then you're able to please all your viewers. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was sitting here thinking like, is there a CBS two? Oh, how about a CBS three and four? But then again, <laughs> we probably don't get it here in Canada. So maybe, maybe people in the States didn't have the same issue that, that we had. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's just a really tough scenario. And this is what makes it such a good topic for damned if you do damned if you don't and obviously ben's not going to be throwing cbs under the bus i thought he'd have a cbs tour visor on right now and and a picture of jim nance beside him but he does have he's got jim nance angel and jim nance devil on his shoulder right now and the jim nance angel say stick up for the network and jim nance devil say i'm gonna kill you if you don't it's a terrifying place to be and that's why i gotta stay silent yeah yeah <laughs> Gents, you know, Benny, you're signed with the, the CBS network, it sounds like. And I'm Jamie- signed, I'm I'm I am gonna side with CBS saying, well, they still did a good job to get the get the coverage needed and throw it on the air. But no, the golf fans were let down. Move up the coverage in the future. And whether it's NBC, Golf Channel, CBS, if the leaders are going off at nine because of weather, show it live at nine. But not every network has that capability. So I get it. Said bad. It was a tough day for a golf fan. Looking at picks, episode 18 of the Pelt Pod as we go into the PGA Tour playoffs for the first time. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. I have, I stink the joint out back on the PGA Tour. I suck. Uh, I come last, but Jamie Wilson has ended 
the PGA Tour regular season with a bang. He has Hideki Matsuyama with a miscut and his sleeper that pays out huge, the Canadian boy, Roger Sloan, with a T2, just shy of $400,000 in earnings. Congratulations to Jamie Wilson. Jacob thank Bishop you, thank you. comes in comes in with a second place finish. Webb Simpson was T seventh, and he missed his Dark. playoff by one shot. You know, it was a web it was a Webb Simpson event. I said that when I made it, and I'm not disappointed again. It's just I got beat by a better player, so I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I lost. T seven really felt like almost a T two, and Doc Redman let you down with a miscut. Ben Whiteside, Patrick Reed did not even play the event. That is a no-show. And then Harold Werner the third, T57. Thanks for getting me on the board, HV3. I'm back of the bus. And then we look at this week with the reigning champ. Jamie, congratulations again. And who are your two guys going into the playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? And so you can also explain to the Pelpod community that we are doing outside 70 for our sleeper pick first playoff event here we've got the northern trust at liberty national golf course we're spicing things up a little bit here on the pelt pod this week with the playoff format we're taking one guy inside the top 70 and one guy outside the top 70 with a chance to move inside the top 70 if that makes sense i'll go with uh this week i'm taking the obvious pick i'm i'm not gonna try and dig too deep or overthink this one my main man is john rom this week and you know what a canadian sleeper did well for me this past week at the Wyndham championship i'm gonna try it again i'm not going with roger again i'm going with adam hadwin bishop who you got all about strategies i feel like i haven't got a win here in the last couple of weeks you're creeping up on me now the schwab so i had to go to the board take a look at uh some players that pl- have played well previously at uh, Liberty National. So I got a guy I've leaned on, my guy inside this week, uh, leaned on lots this year, it's Jordan Spieth. And uh, a guy on the outside, just narrowly on the outside, a guy who's played well at Liberty National again. I got HV3 triple hockey sticks, Harold Varner the third. Ben, Sauson, over to you. What's your what's your strategy for this week? Who, who are you moving in for? for? Uh, I got an A-lister for my main pick going into the playoffs, Patrick Cantley. He's like a he's like a Black Panther. He's always kind of like stalking around, and this is the week he's going to break out, and he's kind of going to get me back some of my reputation on my PGA Tour picks because they've been absent for a couple months now. And then I got my sleeper, a uh, guy with big hair, big basketball shoes, and a big personality, Pat Perez. And I'm hoping for a big week from him, too. So those are my two guys, Patrick Cantley and Pat Perez. I got Pat squared this week, and I'm hoping it pays off. Well, Pat Reed didn't pay off for you last week, so So hopefully these two uh, perform a little bit better. Going down the list on Pat. I was going to say you got Pat Cantley, you got Pat Perez. Hopefully they don't do any good like Pat Reed last week. But just speaking of Pat Perez, I think just before my closing remarks here uh, on the Pelt Pod here, have you guys happened to see that guy's shoe collection at his his home at all? Have you you seen the picture? It's in the hundreds, I think. Oh, it's incredible. It's it's I wouldn't even say it's a bedroom. This room is larger than a bedroom and they're all displayed on the wall. I'm like that. 
I mean, there's a couple hundred pairs of shoes there. You'll get there one day, Bish. You will get yeah. there soon enough. Yours is in the tens, yours collection, but it'll get there soon enough. I got like 10 pairs of golf shoes, and I think that's a lot. And, and I think probably six of them are from five years ago. But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm never going to get in Pat Perez league, but we'll sauce the, uh, we'll get the, I'll get the picture out and sauce it up on the, the Pelpod uh, Instagram for, for all those to see. Beautiful. Gents, it was a pleasure on the, on, on Sunday night to, uh, to hang, hang out. Um, 18 episodes in already. Holy smokes. We're killing it. 18 episodes. This is, uh, it seems like just yesterday we're doing our first episode. Uh, and just tomorrow we're going to have our first Pelpod match, which is, uh, I'm going to dummy this guy, you know, I'm going to light him up more than that fire is behind him right now. Wow. You heard it here first. And congratulations to Kevin Kisner, Wyndham championship champion. I was just going to say Bishop's talking the talk. I, I hope he can walk the walk. Um, yeah, we got a good match going uh, tomorrow, and uh, yeah, we've got a few few good guests lined up as well. So stay tuned for uh, those those episodes coming out soon. Thanks for listening to episode eighteen of the Pelt Pod. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Pelt Pod, we'd love to hear from you. And see you next week for episode nineteen.